of the many beauties of Jesus Christ. One of them is his great love for children. We know for sure that he loved children. In fact, he warned each one of us and each generation not to prevent children from coming to him. And to be very careful that we don't offend any of the little ones. And so that's one of the reasons why children's ministries is significantly important to us here at Calvary Baptist Church because we know it is the heart of Christ to reach children. That at an early age, they would come to know him and love him and embrace him as their savior, their Lord. And so um, in a couple of weeks, or in one week, we begin our vacation Bible school and, and then our day camp will follow that for another three weeks. And then we have an arts camp as well. So we have a number of important uh, children ministries this summer. And, and I just think it would be right for us to commission our leaders right now for the work of the summer and what um, they'll be doing. There'll be other people serving in, and probably other children ministries as well. But if you're part of the Vacation Bible School or our day camp ministry or our art camp, would you please stand right now if you're a leader, a worker in that so that we can pray for you and commission you in this ministry over the summer? Our Father and our God, we pause before you right now and uh, bow our heads and our hearts for this very significant time frame of ministry. Lord, even now we ask that you might cause many children in the neighborhood here to, to hear of the Vacation Bible School, to hear of the day camp, the art camp, our Spark Soccer program, Lord. Uh, Father, I pray that that for those leaders involved in these children initiatives this summer, and they are represented here by, by many who are involved, others are not necessarily here this morning, but Father, where they are, we want to cover them in this prayer this morning of, of commission. Lord, we know that we are asked to, to join you on mission, that you have uh, invited us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to go with you on this journey, this adventure. And... Um, a significant part of that adventure and journey is to go to children and to share with them while their hearts are, are still flexible and while they're open-minded and think about things uh, of the Creator and of the things around them, Lord, that they might hear of the good news of Jesus Christ who, who gave himself for them as well, that they might have a lifetime relationship with Christ, serving him all their lives. And so, Father, we pray that that many children will come to know Christ this summer. I pray that you would give grace to these workers, these laborers. You would give skill to them, give passion, uh, give uh, uh, patience. I pray, Lord, that they would, uh, would love the children and, and uh, would authenticate in their lives the goodness and greatness of our Lord. I pray, Father, that our, our children's ministries this summer would crackle with the presence of God's Spirit and I pray, Father, that moms and dads who perhaps don't know you and they send their children here might come to know Jesus Christ this year. So, Father, would you grant us salvations because you're a saving God. Father, and we pray that for your honor and glory's sake, for no other reason but because Christ gave himself for us that we might in turn give ourselves back to him. I pray that many would come to know you this year, Lord. I pray that you would keep the evil one far from this place, that you would prevent him from obstructing the things that you want to do. And Father, we know that you are greater than him. 
And so we pray to the great God of the universe that you will overshadow our children's ministry programs, our our Sunday programs, Lord, and that this would be a, a great and rich time of blessing this summer. In your name I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, amen. And by the way, thank you to each one of you who are are so involved in this vital ministry and uh, for all your, all your heart work that you put into this through Christ's strength. Hey, have you ever um, been given bad advice or, or instructions? I suspect you have. Uh, that have put you in a, a bad situation or a real fix. Um, and have you ever listened to sort of the wrong voice that has led you in some very bad direction? Well, I, I want to tell you about the, a voice in my life, the voice of Lori, my GPS. Not you, Lori, but Lori, my GPS. And, and we call her Lori because um, the voice that we've chosen on the GPS, her name is Lori. Does anybody else have Lori? No? I'm the only, well, that, that could be, oh, you've got Lori too. Well, then you might know something about this. Um, listening to Lori has, has got me on five years probation with the Pennsylvania Department of Highways. Now, now, before you want to you know, vote me out of being pastor here, um, I, I want to explain what this probation actually means. It's, it's, I was coming out of Delaware last year, and uh, I'm just sort of giving you a heads up on this. Some of you may get caught in this. I was coming out of Delaware last year, just uh, turning into the um, Highway 76 there to go through Pennsylvania, which happens to be a toll road. And, and Lori told me to stay left. Now, there was this toll island that I was coming to, right? And Lori says, stay left, and so I stayed left. But I, I just had this sense that, that maybe it wasn't the right thing to do, and so I bypassed the toll island, and, and I just went on my merry way. And as I was driving on the highway, I was thinking, you know, I'm just not feeling good about this. I'm feeling like maybe there's something wrong. And as I was passing some of the exits, I was noticing that, you know, they were, they were all, they all had toll booths, toll islands as you were going off. And I thought, yeah, I, I'm thinking this is not really good. And so... 60 minutes into the drive, which was 50 minutes longer than Lynn wanted to stop for a facility break, I, I decided that it was probably time to, to pull off one of these uh, exits. And because by the way, every time we take one of those facility breaks, it's just to load up with more refreshments that causes us to stop 17 kilometers more <laughs> down the road. And, and, and you, know, you know what I'm talking about. So, so I, I pulled in and, and uh, I realized that I, w- I was feeling, you know, maybe I'd entered the wrong way. And I'd, I'd come into this situation through the wrong entrance, and no matter how long I put off the reckoning, I was going to have to face it. So the time came, and I pulled off, and as I pulled into the toll island, and I was waiting for the guy to ask me for my ticket, which, of course, he did, I, I explained my plight. I said, um, I somehow I was coming out of Delaware, I came into Pennsylvania, and I'm sorry, but I just didn't get a ticket. And he says, um, do you have a GPS? And I said, yes, by the name of Lori, actually. He said, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. He says, that, that, that thing always tells you to fade left. You're not supposed to fade left over there. We've had this before. So he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll, I'll give you a break. I'll just charge you the toll. I was thinking, this is great. Thank you, Lord. It's like grace. This is grace on the Department of Highways in Pennsylvania. And then he says to me, but uh, give me your license, please. I was like, okay. So I handed him my license and does something with it. I presume scans it, gives it back to me. He says, I I just want you to know, you're now in five years probation on the Pennsylvania Department of Highways, transportation, 
And if you do this ever again, you're going to get a really bad fine. <laughs> Be careful when you're listening to voices. Does the Bible have anything to say about voices? It certainly does. Would you turn with me to, to John chapter 10? I want to talk to you about a voice this morning. John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is the word of God. Our Father, as we uh, dig deeply now into your word this morning, I do pray that you will help us to understand the message of Christ here with respect to his voice. Father, I pray that there wouldn't be a person in here this morning that wouldn't hear the voice of the Lord. I, I pray, Lord, that, that you would cause us to, uh, to focus carefully now on, on your word, the things of God, I pray, Lord, uh, that we will understand the urgency of, of this message. It's the difference between salvation and not having salvation. So, our Father, uh, there is no other message of such extreme urgency than this one. And again, I pray, Father, that, that you would therefore move our hearts and cause us to be very attentive. Would your spirit work in us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, when Christ was among us and was uh, an itinerant preacher who was wandering throughout uh, Palestine, in fact, uh, there were a lot of questions that were circulating around him. And people were calling, is this guy a rabbi? Is, is he a shepherd? I mean, and one time he, he says, I, I am bread. He, another time he tells us, I am light. He tells us, uh, now I, I, I'm a gate. Yet he doesn't have any sheep. He, he talks about sheep all the time. And so they, they come to make this statement in verse 20 of chapter 10. He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why should we listen to him? And then Jesus opens up this particular sermon that he gives in John chapter 10, verse 1, this way. And it is an answer to the question, why should we listen to him? I tell you the truth. 
I mean, isn't, isn't that honestly what we're looking for in life? And isn't that what kind of our radar is up against? We, we're, we're tired of scam artists. We're, we're tired of people trying to mislead us. We want, we want to know that somebody would actually tell us the truth. And so Jesus stands before them and says, I tell you the truth. You know, one of the ways that... Um, that you can get into a spiritual conversation with someone who maybe doesn't know the th- about the things of Christ is to, to simply ask them, you know, do, do you have any spiritual beliefs? Because people regularly have something they believe in. They'll have some sort of spiritual thing that they're banking on. And, and the follow-up question is that is, is, is if what you are believing were not true, would you want to know? And for the most part, people will say, yes, I I would want to know. And that's kind of how Jesus is beginning this sermon. He's saying, you know, know, if if what you were believing were not true, would you want to know? And so he stands before them and he says, I tell you the truth. So so why would we listen to him? Well, Well, because he tells the truth, but... But not only that, he mentions further on in this this discussion that he's having. In in verse 36, he says, um, What about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy because I said I am God's son? He he makes the point, remember remember if you were here with us a couple of weeks ago, you you know that the, the, the sermon itself was, was placed within the setting of Hanukkah. It was within the setting of the Feast of Dedication. And just for a review, in case you weren't here, I just want to remind you that that Feast of, of Dedication was for a cleansing of the religious system of Israel. It was a reminder of that time when the, the Greek tyrant Antiochus Epiphanes had desecrated the temple. He had polluted the temple of God and, and, um, and, and, and had desecrated it. And along came the Maccabean revolt, uh, revolt whereby uh, the, a group of zealots of Israel rose up and, and said enough. And they, were, they set about to cleanse the temple, to, to, to free it from pollution, to sanctify it. Jesus comes along in the center of that feast, the feast that was commemorating the removal of the pollution and desecration of the temple, which, by the way, had now become desecrated all over again. And he stands in the center of the, in, the, in their midst and says, God has sent me as the cleanup agent. I'm the sanctifier of the temple. I'm the temple of God. Why would you listen to me? I tell you the truth. And I am God's final solution. I am the true presence of the holy God. Restored in their midst by my person, the true temple of God. I am the long-awaited final solution to remove the pollution and the polluting factors of the religious system of Israel and the world for that matter. A setting that had been poorly caretaken by the Pharisees and religious chiefs, I might add. And so by way of setting an introduction, he is the truth, 
He is God's final solution, the true dedication of the true presence of God. But I want to give you very quickly this morning three fundamental reasons from this text why we should listen to Jesus. And the first is this. There is the way and some other way. In verses 1 through 3, he says that, uh, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. But the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. He says, the watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So how can you know who will deliver truth? Well, there's really two categories of leaders or those who disseminate information that he's talking about here. One enters by the gate. The others hop the fence. There are two categories in our world. That's what Jesus is establishing here. He simplifies for us all of the religious systems of the world. In this one small section, you can set it apart, set apart each and every system. There are two. There is one system whereby the one leader has entered through the gate. And then there is every other system whereby they've hopped the fences. And Jesus calls those all robbers and thieves. He says, everyone who went before me was a robber or a thief. And fundamentally, everyone who comes after me who does not enter this way. Two categories. The teaching that will be truthful is completely tied into the entrance and access to the sheep through the gate. Now let me flesh this out a little more for you because this is exactly what Jesus did. He talks about a watchman here. He's talking literally about a legitimate divine permit that is issued by the watchman. Now, most of us here have very little experience in ancient Palestinian shepherding. But if we did, and that audience did, we would know exactly what Christ was talking about. You see, um, they had vast fields. The shepherds had vast fields, various shepherds of sheep that wandered around and, and, and pastured all day long. And then at night, they would bring them into a common sheep pen. Many shepherds would gather their sheep. They would bring them into a common sheep pen. It would usually be against the face of a cliff, if possible, to, to, to buttress one side for protection. And then they would build uh, fences around, and in fact, if you go to some places in the world today, they still do these kinds of things. They, they, herd, they bring their herd into a, a fenced-in area that has all kinds of thorn bushes and all kinds of things to try and keep the marauders and the predators out, and, and then they have this one opening. And in the towns of Palestine, when they would bring the shepherd, all the sheep, all the shepherds would bring the sheep near to the town, they would have this one sheep Pen, and, and all would gather, but there would be one watchman. The watchman would be like the manager of the pen. He'd be like the total overseer of, of what was, where all of the flocks were gathered together. And it was him who would permit the individual shepherds to go into the sheep pen and call out their own sheep. Now, Palestinian shepherds, for the most part, developed a relationship with their own sheep over time because the sheep were not for the purpose of devouring and eating. 
but for the purpose of wool. And so they learned to speak to their sheep, and the sheep learned to hear their voice. And when the shepherd of the particular sheep was allowed by the watchman to come in, he would call out to his own sheep, and his own sheep would perk up, and they would follow their shepherd out of the sheep pen. And the watchman would oversee that there was no robbers jumping over the walls stealing sheep, but that the shepherds came and got their sheep. Now Jesus is making the point here that there is a legitimate divine permit that had been given to him to go and get the sheep. Because all of the sheep, all of the people of the world belong to the God of the universe. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Whether people respond to God's love or not does not change the fact that he alone is the owner of all the sheep of the world, of all the people of the world. And Jesus says, I am the one who has come and received a, a divine permit from the divine watchman to enter and call my sheep out. And anyone who's gone in Ill illegitimately has gone in for destructive intentions. I call out my own sheep by name. Jesus Christ knows who you are by name. He calls his own sheep. All who ever came before were thieves and robbers, he says. Stealing God's sheep and taking them into false pastures to take advantage of them, to exploit them for selfish purposes. Stealing people in the name of religion. That's the picture of our world. False shepherds, hopping fences, stealing sheep, going around the watchman, stealing sheep away from the living God to exploit for their own purposes. Now, we're talking here about serious, life-threatening peril. We're talking here about, about the plane of keep away and take away by bandits and hungry animals devouring them 24-7, 365 days of the year. The enemies of our great God have nothing else to do but try to ravage God's purposes and deface his prized possession, people. He sets up a second reason here why we should listen to him. See verses 4 and 5? When he has brought out all his own, hang on every word in this text, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger in fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. The second reason why we listen to him is because there is a shepherd's voice and there is a stranger's voice. And how do people know what voice to listen to? What voice to follow? 
How, how do people know which is the true voice, which is the voice of truth, which is the voice of, of legitimacy, which is the legitimate shepherd voice? How do I know? What if I make a mistake? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you know that there are all kinds of insecure people around us who are, who are wandering from this spiritual idea to that spiritual idea to this one, wandering around concerned that they have not found the right voice for good reason. And there's great levels of insecurity in our world. Jesus wants to remove this insecurity. He wants to tell us all to, to, to relax and understand the, the, the simplicity yet profundity of this. Now, I want you to pay attention to this as if you've never heard it before because there's a freshness to this. Sheep know what voice to listen to because sheep know the voice of their own shepherd. The real shepherd's sheep will follow their right shepherd. Because the voice is recognizable to them. So the question for you this morning for me is, do you listen to and follow Jesus' voice. Do you know him? The question before was, does he know you? As the shepherd comes in and calls his own sheep by name, does he know you? The second reality here is, is do you know him? It's not complicated. You will, you will follow your shepherd because you recognize his voice. You, you see what it says in verse 4? They will follow him. They will go on ahead of him because his, his sheep will follow him because they know his voice. So if you don't follow Jesus, it's because you aren't his sheep. If you were, you would. That ought to remove certain amounts of insecurity and yet it might place some insecurity back in the teaching. And rightly so. We're, we're talking about a decision moment. We're talking about a, a strategic watershed moment of life. Jesus is not standing here giving some interesting figure of speech to, that people might see. Isn't he an amazing orator? Isn't he a wonderful storyteller? Isn't he a, an interesting teacher? No, Jesus is talking about life and death here. He's talking about kill, destroy, steal, robbers, thieves, versus a shepherd who loves and cares. And bring salvation. At this present moment, you are presently following the shepherd, the voice you really belong to. Is it the right voice, though? In truth, you may have been stolen from God, and you may feel very uncomfortable with the voices that you are listening to. That was the intent of this teaching. That Jesus was standing here 
with the intent that, that there might be those in the hearing of this message who would say, you know, I'm not feeling very comfortable about the voices that I've been listening to. In fact, my whole life I've been, I've been heading in this direction. I've been listening to these voices, but I'm getting the distinct impression that I'm being exploited by these voices. I'm being taken advantage of these voices, and I'm not really wanting to listen to these voices anymore. And I'm starting to hear faintly, but it's starting to build strength and momentum, a different voice, the voice of someone that, that may want to care for me and love me and save me. That's what brought about our conversion. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, there was a time when you were listening to the wrong voice. And Jesus spoke into your heart. And you heard his voice. And you listened to him and you followed him. The other voices were promising promotion and pleasure. All, they were do all they're doing is bringing sadness and destruction, dead ends. You're feeling robbed, exploited, misled, cheated. And Jesus calls these voices that you run away from because they're unrecognizable. Jesus' sheep will not follow strange voices. Those Jesus is taking back decide to run away from those voices that have damaged them. And they begin to recognize his voice. It was a survey that uh, George Barna did among high schoolers about the voices they're listening to. Who would your average high schooler run to in time of tension or confusion or crisis? Their fathers were ranked 25th on the list. Their mothers came in number 11. Music and personal friends scored at the top. In time of tragedy, young people may be listening to the wrong voices. But it's not just the young. What voices are the adults listening to? Chicago Tri Tribune magazine did an article on... Uh, Intuitive healers claim to have supernatural power to diagnose people's diseases, even over the phone. New Age healers are now granted France, French national health coverage. More and more married couples are seeking to address their infertility problems through the Council of Witches and what are called pagan pastors. Jesus says there are strange voices and then there's a shepherd voice. The strange voices offer all the kingdoms of the world if you'll just pay the price of turning your back on the living God and paying homage to those sinister voices that want to steal your confidence, your zest for life, crumple you up and spit you out.
unscrupulous guys who want to steal your daughters, salacious girls who want to steal your sons and damage their spirits, hoping that God will be disgusted and never want you. That's what the whole temple cleansing was all about. The wicked, evil one who prowls around seeking in whatever way he can to damage the goodness and greatness of God and his creation. Inflamed Antiochus Epiphany's heart that he would totally desecrate and pollute the temple of God. The strategies never changed. The enemy prowls around seeking to desecrate and pollute and damage and destroy the temple of God, which is us. You, you as a person, as a follower of Christ, you are the temple of God. He wants to so desecrate and damage you that God will turn from you and never want anything to do with you. At least that's the hope. And then Jesus calls out. And those who are his, they hear his voice. And they follow after him. They confess their sins. Jesus is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Those who are his, follow him. They hear his voice. This is the third reason why we would follow Notice what he says. Therefore, I said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved for all eternity. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. There is an entrance to salvation from the danger of robbery and death and destruction. A shepherd leads. A wolf scatters. A thief takes. Jesus welcomes people to himself. Of all the voices, why should I listen to to Jesus' voice? Well, who is he? Jesus makes this surprise pronouncement, I am the gate. He didn't just pull this idea out of nowhere. In Psalm 118 and verse 20, it talks about the salvation of our God. It talks about, uh, about the mechanism of salvation. And just a little bit of the text goes this way. Open for me the gates of righteousness and I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. And then it says this. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The gate, the living God, Jesus Christ, the great I am. I am the gate. What an amazing pronouncement he makes. Standing in the midst of an agrarian culture who knew everything there was to know about this sheep pen, sheep flocks, shepherds. He stands before them and he says, I am the gate. Because in that ancient time, the the opening was often occupied by the shepherd himself who sat at the gate. Who slept at the gate and protected the sheep. They came in and they came out on his bidding. Jesus says, I'm it. I'm it for your life. I will sit 
at the gate of your life. I, I will lead you to pasture. I will take you in and out. I will prevent the robbers and the thieves and the predators from, from trying to get you and steal your heart. I will be the gate of salvation for your life. Any other one is a robber because I've entered the right way. See, there is this one gate for access to God's sheep. And Jesus is saying here, I will give trusted shepherds to watch over my people. I am the one, the gate, the access to the sheep. I'm the one who, I am the gate for the sheep. If you are going to come and get the sheep, you have to come through me. I'm the right shepherd, and I will grant trusted shepherds. So in Jesus alone, you will find shepherds who will teach you the voice of Jesus. Any voice that draws people away from Jesus Christ as only Lord and Savior is a robber and a thief. If any principle or value is at odds with the teachings or the principles, the values of Christ, it is stealing something from you rather than adding something to you. And Jesus says, I alone am the only way you can have access to my sheep. I will give trusted shepherds. But not only that, he says a second time in verse 9, I am the gate for all who will enter. I am the gate for the sheep themselves. So I am the gate for access to the sheep and I am the gate for the sheep themselves. The gate that the sheep need to enter to enjoy abundant advantage and escape cataclysmic disadvantage is me. So here's the choice that's set before us. Stealing, killing, and destroying of your life? Or life to the fullest by listening to the voice of the shepherd? Jesus Christ. So what will it be? Jesus is God's final solution. The final cleanup of religion. Jesus holds the divine permit for ownership of the sheep. Jesus is the recognizable voice to those who are his. Jesus is the gate of salvation, the only entrance way. He sets himself up against all other possible ways. And he says all of them are thieves and robbers which explains why we have so much discontent in our world today you know when people say religion causes all the trouble in the world they're right they're absolutely right if all the world were to turn to the right voice we would have a world of abundant and full life in Christ so which side are you on? We know who Jesus is. He's told us. Who are you? Whoever you are listening to and following, 
is who you belong to and who you are. I trust this morning that you are hearing the voice of Jesus and following him. Our Father and our God, as we come to this moment of decision, I pray, Lord, as we think about these things, that each of us who are here this morning might be asking this very, very serious question in our lives. Whose voice are we listening to? Whose voice am I listening to? Am I listening to the voice of Jesus or not? Because if I'm not listening to the voice of Jesus, I don't belong to Jesus. But his voice goes out this morning. It is possible through the strength and, and, and moving of the Holy Spirit of God to listen to the voice of Jesus. The opportunity exists this morning, Lord, we know, to, to turn from strange voices and say, I really, I really should be listening to that voice because that's the voice that, that attracts me. That's the voice that's calling me. That, that one's calling me by name, the voice of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray this morning that we would listen to what you are saying to us this morning. This is a moment of decision to follow the thieves and robbers who are exploiting our lives and leading us to destruction or to follow the voice of the shepherd, the one who came in the right way. Divine permit from God the Father to go and get his sheep. pray, Lord, that we will think on these things, and that you will lead us to the right decision, the only decision to follow Christ. In Jesus' name I pray.